You are listening to Falcons Audible Podcast, presented by AT&T. I am Matt Tabeek, joined with beat writer Will McFadden of AtlantaFalcons.com. Will, what is up? What's up, Matt? How you doing? Happy to be here, as always. I am doing just dapper. Um, so, Will, right off the bat, let's just talk about what we saw on Thursday night. Let's talk about the Hall of Fame game up in Canton. Uh, we set it up last week, and all the the hoopla surrounding Tony <clears throat> Tony Gonzalez. But let's talk about the actual game and what we saw, and some of the standout performances, things that uh, uh, were concerning, things that were kind of um, you know positive as much as they can be with the first preseason game. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, I think we knew going into this game that it was going to be a lot of the young guys playing, and and that's exactly what we saw, and. I think there was a lot of positives to take away. I think guys like John Kaminsky, Chris Lindstrom, you saw really what you wanted to see out of those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, Kurt Benkert obviously looked really, really good out there. He got the toe injury. We'll, we'll see what happens with that. Um, but that was encouraging. And then there was some some mistakes, which you would expect in the very first NFL game that a lot of these guys are playing. You had two dropped punts. That's not ideal. Um, for the most part, the offense – Never really found a rhythm outside of a couple of good drives that Ben Kurt led. So plenty of stuff to work on, I would say. But yeah, this is more about players than the outcome. And I think we saw some really encouraging things from a few players that we've been wanting to keep an eye on. Yeah, we said last week too. The and, and fans get caught up. You know, I get I got a bunch of emails saying, "Hey, I wish we won the game." And and we'll get back to the Kurt Benkert story in a minute, but. This is really all about evaluation. Yes. The coaches, and we, you know, I, we won't go back into that again. But it's about looking at one-on-one battles. It's about situational football. It's about seeing how guys react in game moments. At the end of the game, you mm-hmm. had, a, you know, it was a perfect scenario at the end to see how the defense would react uh, with the game on the line. Mm-hmm. Um, even the offense at the end, even though Schaub had to come back in, Matt Schaub. It was a chance to run the two-minute offense. So that's what the coaching staff is looking for. Um, you mentioned Kurt Benker. You mentioned Chris Lindstrom. Um, the one guy that we talked about heading into the game is one guy I want to talk about a little bit here is running back Brian Hill. Mm-hmm. Um, all camp long, he has looked like a different guy. Um, yes. He has looked faster. He has looked he, you know, Dan Quinn talked about how much he's worked at catching the ball coming out of the backfield. I went back and watched some of the videos and interviews with him. He had he that said, one yard touchdown catch. So he had a one yard touch. That. Yeah, it was great. And so he even said that's the one thing, the one club in the bag that he needed to go find. And he has worked hard at that. It's a great story. It's early. Mm-hmm. You don't want to crown him. In fact, we'll get into the battles here a little bit, some of those key position battles. Yep. But he was a guy that really stood out to me. He had the nice run. He did. I think it was a 21-yard gain. He um, averaged over five yards a carry, which, I mean, is is really what you wanted to see from him because we've been talking about him all, all camp. Right. Uh, as a guy who has really flashed and looks like a different guy. You're spot on when you say that. He's just carrying himself a little bit differently than he did as as a rookie when he was here. And to see that play out on the field was really impressive and really encouraging. And and Dan Quinn has said uh, several times now this preseason that the way he's looking at this running back group, it's not with, with 
Tevin Coleman in the picture was always 1A, 1B. You knew what you were getting in Tevin as their backup. That's not how they're looking at this right now. Dan Quinn has said that they are really, it's Devontae, and then it's a group of guys that they think they can plug into different situations depending on what skill set is needed. So having a guy like Ito who might be, you know, a little quicker, a little shiftier, might catch the ball a little bit better. Maybe he's, you know, when you are in a passing situation, maybe he's the guy you rely on. If you've got a bigger back like Quadri Allison or Brian Hill and you're in third and one, maybe that's the guy you rely on. Although I saw a stat today that has, I think people forget how good of an inside or short yardage runner Devontae Freeman is. From 2015 to 2017, he had, I think, 41 carries inside the five-yard line, which is the second most among NFL running backs during that time. So let's not discount Devontae Freeman as a good short no, yardage And no back. one is. No one's discounting Freeman at all. In fact, we've written a ton mm-hmm. about how I wrote a column about how I think he's the key to this offense this year to, to take them back to the level that they want to be at. Um, no one's doing that, so I want to make that really clear. But back to Brian Hill. Uh, my ears perked up when Dan Quinn said that. When Dan Quinn said, hey, after Devontae Freeman, it's open. Mm-hmm. And if I'm Brian Hill, if I'm uh, Ido Smith, if I'm Quadri Allison, that caught my attention. Mm-hmm. And that's only good news for Hill. And, you know, back to that one run he had against the Broncos. I'm sitting here looking at it as we're talking. You had a visceral reaction to this run when it <laughs> happened. Well, I'll tell you what. It was, I, there was two things that really excited me about the run. If you watch the play, the safety comes down, takes a bad angle on Hill, and Hill showed enough. He had that gear right around the line of scrimmage. He, he The guy had an angle on him, and he still outran him mm-hmm. to the edge. And then he showed a little power at the end. This is the play where Brian Hill was, was called for the penalty for fans who you know may want to remember what this play was. Right. It's when he lowered his head on the safety, got called for the foul. Um, but it was but a great run. Back to you, Matt. Yeah, no. And so you know the safety, if you look at him, he was very demonstrative with his head. He, he looked like he wanted to take Hill out, and he ended up bouncing off of Hill. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Hill said after the game, you know what, because he ended up going to the ground and I ended up standing, I got flagged for it. Had I fallen down, he probably would have been flagged for it. Nonetheless, it's a preseason game, but the run does show you a number of things, that he's got that gear uh, we saw on military day in the open practice at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. He busted off another split mm-hmm. two defenders, had a nice long run in that game, or, geez, scrimmage, practice. <laughs> um, a little excited. It all over blends him. together. Yeah, but no, I just I like what I'm seeing from him, and yeah. that's not to take anything away from Ito Smith, not to take anything away. No, from but, the, but Allison, the backup but running back spot is is a place to watch, and I think Ben Kurt's performance showed us maybe there's a little bit of juice to this backup quarterback competition. Yeah. You know, again, toe injury completely. We're waiting to see what's going on there with that, but but that sparked a little bit of of uh, Twitter, I guess, debate on what's the Falcons' backup quarterback situation looking like. So, what are your, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I'll tell you what, I, it, it amazes me, Will, about, you, you know, the quarterback situation gets everybody excited, even in the draft. You know, we, we here we... Especially in the draft. <laughs> here we have a quarterback in Matt Ryan, who is the franchise leader in probably every single statistical category at this point. He is. He is. He has played 11, season in, 11 seasons and missed two games. Mm-hmm. And he arguably uh, is playing at the peak of his game. I mean, even though last year was rough, there were some people thought 
who thought, sorry, that he actually played better than his MVP year because of the fact that he was sacked 42 times, because of the fact that he still threw 35 touchdown passes and nine picks. It was amazing. It was an amazing year, and it was lost because it was lost in the in the in the shuffle, or in, it was overshadowed by the fact that they went seven and nine. Mm-hmm. But back to Benker. Yes, he's got a nice live arm. Yes, he is a um, smart kid, and he played really well. His numbers should have been better. There were quite a few drops. Yeah, he ended up being what he was nineteen to thirty four for one hundred eighty five yards in that aforementioned one yard touchdown pass to Brian Hill. Great, great. Nice little game in, in, in a in a preseason game. But my goodness, people. I mean, I'm getting emails saying, Shab's got to go. You know, we don't care about the, the backup quarterback position. What are we doing? Now, look, we don't know the long-term prognosis with Ben Curt and his toe. He, if he comes back, Will, and keeps playing like that, he may, you know, be in the conversation, or he may make a push for that number two job. We just don't know that right yet. Mm-hmm. But let's remember one thing, or two things here. Matt Schaub, who signed a two-year extension back in March, is here for one reason, to to provide a, that second set of eyes for Matt Ryan. He is like having another coach on the sideline. He brings a wealth of experience that you want in a backup. They know what they're getting in him when he goes under center. They know that he's not going to get lost in the yeah. moment. That that's an that's an excellent point and and I'd like to I guess expound upon that a little bit. It it's not about what Matt Schaub can or can't do on the field. It's about what he does off the field that makes him so valuable to the Falcons. He, yeah, he's played 15 years, Will. Yeah, he know. I mean, if, if you're going to have to rely on a guy to go into a game either in the third quarter because your quarterback's out or has to spot start a game, you want the guy who's done it for 15 years. You don't want the guy who you drafted in the sixth round in April to step in there. So he's not only a great security blanket because of his experience, because he knows what not to do and what to do when he's out on the field, he knows his limitations as well as anybody else. But it's the Monday through Saturday working with Matt Ryan. There's that comfort level there. He's one of the few quarterbacks in the league who actually has more experience than Matt Ryan and can actually relay some of that experience to him. So that's why he's here. If Matt Ryan goes down, like guys, Matt Matt Schaub's not leading this team to the postseason. Well, like if Matt if Matt Ryan goes down, that's tough for the Falcons. Regardless, so that, that comes to my last point here. Matt Schaub has thrown for twenty five thousand yards and one hundred thirty three touchdowns. He's got a body of work. Kurt Bankert, God love him, he's got zero production in an NFL game. So let's just keep that in mind. Well, the argument to that would be, what does that past production mean right now? Right now, when you looked at, at the first preseason game and you see Bankert and Schaub out on the field, not together, but during the same game. I think a lot of Falcons fans are like, man, look at look at the ball zip off of Benkert's arm. Sure, but it's one preseason game against a bunch of guys who probably aren't going to see the field come regular season. Let's keep it in perspective. So one guy today, I won't say his name. I put it in the mailbag today. He said, you know, I agree with 99% of the things you say, but the fact that you love Matt Schaub. No, I don't. I'm not saying I love Matt Schaub. It's just logic. You're just in love with him. I, it's just logic, and 
And the bottom line is this, and, and you said this, and let's just wrap this thing up. If we're talking about the backup quarterback at any point this season, for any length of time, if it's not – the only time I want to hear about the backup is when it's we're in the victory formation on a kneel down. Yep. That's it. Because if we're talking about any backup at any point for any length of time, that's not a good sign for the 2019 season. Yes. I, I mean, the – the preseason is infuriating for many reasons, but one of them is because of conversations like this where it's, it's you, you've got a guy coming off of a year and it probably his second best, maybe his best, depending on how you look at it, year of his career. And uh, the, Matt Ryan is, is the quarterback we should all be focused on. And I know forward. what people are going to say. Look at what happened with the Eagles with Nick Foles. Look at when Tony Romo went down, Dak Prescott, it took him to a 13-3 year. I get it. But – you already have one of those guys called Matt Ryan. So yeah. you've got a franchise quarterback. This isn't a situation where your backup quarterback needs to be a franchise because they Carson Wentz was on a rookie deal that Eagles could afford Nick Foles as their backup. Yes. He's now a starter in, in the league. Yeah. The Falcons need to spend that money elsewhere, and, and, and they just don't. Matt Schaub is fine for what they need <laughs> to do. And everyone forgets Nick Foles was a star in Philly. Yes, he won 11 games one year, but he went to the St. Louis Rams and – he looked like Nick Foles, and so then he came back as the backup. Now he's backing down Jacksonville, and the question is, is he going to be Nick Foles, the backup, play mm -hmm. like that, or is he going to be like Nick Foles who played yeah. in St. Louis? I don't know, but so we'll find out when, when uh, the Falcons play Jacksonville in Week 16, uh, right before Christmas. So there you go. All right. I, I, I think we've hammered. Yeah, let's go from quarterback situation. from hypothetical injuries to the starting quarterback um, and what would happen if that happened to actual injuries that yeah. have kind of taken place over the course of the past five days or so. You know, we obviously touched on Ben Kurtz's toe injury and, and We're waiting we, to find out. Yeah, yeah, to see what, what's going on with that. Out. But, you know, outside of guys <clears> like <throat> Deion Jones and Julio Jones, who have been working off to the side pretty much from the start of camp, uh, there are some new additions to that, to that list. Calvin Ridley now over there with, with kind of a tight hamstring. Um, on Ridley real quick, mm -hmm. Coach Quinn, I think the one thing that they wanted, they're really smart with injuries, I think, now. And Coach said, look it, we want to wait and see him explode. Yeah. And once he can play at full speed and make the – because if you ever watch Calvin Ridley – it's unbelievable when the guy comes into a break and cuts. He doesn't slow down. Yeah, He does not slow down. And so they don't want 75% Calvin. They don't want 85%. They want to make sure that he's feeling good. Well, not in the preseason. Especially there's no in reason. the preseason. Yeah, there's yeah. no reason why he should be out there right now. You know, a hamstring is something that can linger throughout the year. Get it nipped Absolutely. in the bud right now. Get that taken care so of. So Falcons fans should not get all, you know, worried about the fact that Calvin Ridley is not out there, and you're not going to. They said should last get week, excited about the fact that Calvin Ridley is not out there. That is a good thing that yes. he is not out there right um, now. And we'll get into who's going to play later. But moving on, the one, the one that really, if I had to say, of all the things that really concern me, or the one thing that I'm watching most closely, will it's that left guard. Mm -hmm. I, it's such a, an important battle, um, you know. And now. There's, there's, you know, some news around James Carpenter and Jamon Brown. What's the latest from what we know, what yes. we're being told? Let's so at during Sunday's practice at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, um, I was watching the offensive lines. They were right in front of me at the back of the end zone and noticed 
James Carpenter down kind of on the ground with a trainer coming over to him um, and really stretching out his right leg. And uh, so then later in practice, Dan Quinn, or the next day, Dan Quinn revealed it was a, a hip flexor injury, just kind of taking it easy with him, waiting to see. Smart. That's where, smart. Yeah, exactly. Just same thing with Calvin, just take it slow. Um, but because of that, you know, he's missing some, some valuable reps. And, and I had a conversation with Alex Mack just about how important those reps are on the offensive line. Mm-hmm. You know, when you – so much of offensive line play is not just knowing your job but knowing what the person's next to you job is, but also how they go about um, executing that job. Well, chemistry is so yes. important. How, how does this line. player move? Yeah. How does this player switch this player? So those reps are valuable, but James Carpenter is a veteran, so him not being out there, you know, it, not ideal, but – he knows what he's doing. Uh, the The one that I am disappointed to see, as as I'm sure a lot of Falcons fans were, was was Caleb McGarry's um, heart issue. You know, we he needs yeah. to be out there. He's a rookie. He needs all of those reps. Um, disappointed, but just concerned for for mm-hmm. him too. Yeah, never um, want to see that. Yeah, and so look, if you're not familiar with Caleb McGarry, uh, you know, he had this procedure done, I believe twice when he was at the University of Washington. Yes. Um, it was reported, I'm not sure of the actual numbers, but I think Adam Schefter of ESPN reported that, you know, one time he missed six to eight weeks. I forget what it was when he had it, but mm-hmm. we don't know how long he's going to be out. But the number one, the most important thing is, you know, that the young, young man get, gets healthy. Um, it's yes. disappointing in that that he can't compete for that number two job. But once he's back and once he's um, healthy, I'm sure that he'll make a push again. But they just again, they're just they want to do what's right for him. He yes. he tweeted uh, back on August second. You know he he said thank you to everyone for the thoughts and prayers. Surgery went well. So. That's about as much as we're going to know about it. And the re- the reason it takes that amount of time is is it's it takes about eight weeks from what I've read to get those tests re- to to make sure that everything is fine with the heart. That it, it's not necessarily a healing. You know, some guys heal faster than others. Some things like, but it's really just that amount of time to collect the amount of data you need to make sure that yeah everything is correct and that that um, irregular heartbeat doesn't come back so yeah i'm not a doctor neither are mm-hmm. you uh, the procedure was called TV. <laughs> cardiac ablation um procedure uh they termed it a minimally invasive procedure uh i don't know anytime you do anything with your heart um yeah it's not not yeah. ideal um but uh you know look that's a big one that is a big one um and then there was a few other guys that had some nicks, some some yeah, strains. Yeah, D- Desmond Trufant has had a lower back strain, but he's kind of been out there doing doing a few things. Uh, Rashid Hagman suffered a groin injury in Thursday during night's preseason, preseason game. game. Marcus Green suffered a hamstring injury during the preseason game. So, you know, a, a few guys just nicked up. But yeah, you would certainly. I I mean, it's infamous at this point. The tweet heading into last season <laughs> that was. The Falcons are the only team in the NFL completely healthy heading into the 2018 oh, season. Boy. I mean, I can't. I I want to give a shout out to whoever it was, but I can't remember. R.I.P. to that dude's mentions. I've gone through them. It's incredible. Yeah. Um. So this is a little bit of a reverse. Obviously, we saw last year completely healthy throughout the preseason. Everybody looked sharp, and then it all kind of fell apart in the first three weeks. Well, the first practice. Yeah. So I. I <laughs> 
I think we'd rather have this version and keep everybody healthy for the season. Obviously, we don't know if that's going to happen, but yeah, right now is not the time to panic because there's still plenty of it's it's the beginning of August. There's plenty of time to get these guys healthy. Well, we have a full slate, four games of preseason games. Yep. Um, that first game was really in what the which Dan Quinn calls it, it was just it was a bonus game for for the, the newcomers mm-hmm. newcomers and, and, and rookies. And but so, this next game, Thursday night, not a bonus game. He's down saying, in Miami Gardens. Yep. He's saying that <clears throat> they are viewing this as kind of the first preseason game for all intents and purposes for the right. veteran guys. So we should see some more of the familiar faces out there that we are used to seeing. I I do believe Dan Quinn said that Matt Ryan will play a little bit. Right. We'll get some of the starters out there. Uh, he said today eight to ten guys might not be be out there on Thursday, and, and it could be a lot of the guys that we just listed off for, for injury reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, so as we kind of approach this game, what what are you looking for? Really, as you go from – you know, the first preseason game to the second, and then, you know, that third one. They don't necessarily call it the dress rehearsal game around here, but that's what it is for a lot of teams. Yeah. Uh, you just want to get people out there to have some reps and and uh, against live competition. And so the starters may go. Um, I remember in 2017 they opened in Miami. Yeah, I think it was one series. it was series. right after DeMonte Freeman yep. had signed, signed his extension. He, um, and scored I scored a touchdown. They, yeah, they, 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 uh, they went a series and that was it. And so I think you can pretty much expect to see that again. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miami right now, according to at least one report, I think you're going to see Ryan Fitzpatrick go for them for a series or two. Um, and then Josh Rosen is going to come in. So, but back to the Falcons, I think, you know, you'll see maybe Matt Ryan play a series, maybe Freeman a series. I'd be surprised, but. Um, I, I don't think I would. He's Freeman. He's, okay. He's missed essentially an entire season. Year. So he's yeah. Missed so sixteen games. So get him. Get him back out there and hey, get, you, get him one series. I'm in no rush to get him out there. But then but again, I said Isaiah Oliver was going to be my player of the game last week, and <laughs> he did not see the field. So I think you'll see him this week. Will I? God, I hope so. Um, yeah, and we. That's one. You, you talk about players you want to see in the preseason, and especially early on. Mm-hmm. He is one I definitely want to see. Oliver or Freeman? Isaiah Oliver. Yeah. Uh, you know, Dan Quinn named him the starting corner mm-hmm. in the offseason. Robert Alford si- left, was waived and signed with the Cardinals. Yeah. And so he's got he's got a lot of length. Dan Quinn mentioned that to me yesterday. Just the the length and his ability to kind of handle some of the bigger receivers. It's like in basketball, you know, everybody talks about height's not necessarily the thing, it's the length. Isaiah Oliver's got a lot of love. Oh, I was – I mean, I don't know if you remember a year ago what, when when he was in camp, you and I – I guess maybe more so me, but he was the one guy I was most looking forward to seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just excited about the potential in him because of his size, because of his reach, because of what he had done at Colorado. Um, I was really excited to see him I, – I, I hate the comparison, um, but he – Kind of, you know, was built like, because Dan Quinn came from Seattle, all I could think of was Richard Sherman, that taller cornerback mm-hmm. with speed and closing speed. Um, I I just, yeah, I think he is one that we need to see. Um, and I assume we will And I Thursday. assume we will. Again, you know, so much of people want to point to different areas. That team was just decimated last year with injuries and, as we all know, we're not going to rehash all of that. But 
I think the front, you know, with Tyler Davison, Rashid Hegman, with Alan Bailey mm-hmm. in the mix now with Grady I mean, possibly Jarrett. John Kaminsky. I mean, he he well, had a, a really gonna, nice game. I was going to tee you up for that. You know, with with Grady Jarrett and, and Deidre Sinat back there. And now, based yeah. on what Kaminsky did, again, you don't want to just hype this or, or overblow these guys, but – he had a nice first game. Yeah, he's he's a really good example. Now, of what you and I you saw were... good and bad that game, but for the most part, it was a good game. Yeah, he's yeah, he's a good a example times. of what you were talking about earlier, where it's about the players and putting them in specific situations to see if they can succeed. And Coach Quinn mentioned this earlier today. Seeing John Kaminsky run down the field on punt coverage yep. and be the first guy to get the ball, recover that fumble. John Kaminsky's two hundred and eighty pounds. You don't see guys. The usually the guys on special teams are going to be tight ends, fullbacks, linebackers, guys who are you know maybe 250, 240, but can move going down there. That's a 280 pound guy being the first guy down there really on punt coverage to recover a fumble. That's what you look for in preseason games: is guys who take advantage of the situation that they're in, make the most of it, and make impact plays on top of just doing what they're supposed to do. So he not only did that on the punt coverage, but then he got a sack in the game. He was really kind of destructive in the middle of the defensive line. But what I think uh, really destructive makes... Destructive is strong. But yeah, he, he, he had a nice game. <laughs> All right, it's first preseason game, Adam. <laughs> Don't, you Come know. on. Um, what, what really makes him intriguing, I think, and we've seen this from Dan Quinn a few times, he really likes guys who can play outside and inside. Guys who Versatility. can... Yes, guys who can play on the outside in maybe your base package are a little bit uh, bigger against the run, but can move inside. Well, I think Jack Crawford. Yes. I think Jack Crawford specifically somebody who might, you know, you don't need Vic or tack out there. You're you're pass rush specialists on base downs. They've had Brooks Reed and Derek Shelby in the past kind of handle those end roles. John Kaminsky is a guy that could do that. You could slide him out to end and then, bring him on the inside in, in pass rushing situations. Well, we're talking an awful lot about John Kaminsky, but I'll say this about well, you rookies. you me up, Matt. We're, we're talk, but I'll say this about rookies. <laughs> you have to make an impression every time you're on the field, but the best way to make a team is through special teams because chances are if you're not a top or first-round pick or even a second-round pick, you're the only way you're going to see the field is on special teams in, in a lot of cases, especially when you have a team like this team that's got – a lot of veteran guys, a lot of core guys. Um, and so Kaminsky, though, in, yeah. in spots, played well. Um, again, it's that extra preseason game against a lot of third and fourth stringers. I want to keep it in perspective. Um, but we've got four more games, and it'll be interesting. But early on in camp, even before we the Falcons even played a game, Dan Quinn said, hey, he's got a chance. We're not holding back anything on John Kaminsky. There are, we, there are no limitations with him, and he is saying and doing all the right things. And so for a kid who was drafted out of the University of Charleston, a Division II school, it's a great story so far. Matt, we're talking a lot about John Kaminsky, man. We are. Let's move on. Uh, what, what else you want to see from – we said Isaiah Oliver. We want to see if – Kaminsky can play again. We know we're going to see limited reps with some of the starters. Who else to you stands out? I want to see the running backs. I want to see Quadri Allison play better. I want to see 
the return game. I want to see Marcus. Well, I don't know if we're going to see Marcus Green. Um, but I want to see something out of the return game. Um, I want to if if the starters are get one series, I want to see how they run the ball. Uh, that that's what I want to see is I want to see, regardless of Devontae Freeman being in there or not, if if the starting offensive line. Minus, we assume James Carpenter and Caleb and Gary don't know if he would start at this point or not. But I want to see how they handle running the football, especially with Chris Lindstrom plugged into what would be the starting offensive line if they're out there for the first series. It would be fantastic to see a 10-play drive with seven or eight first downs. Seven of those plays run plays. It, that mm-hmm. would be fantastic. Yes, that that would be I, I think Mike Malarkey's a very um, underrated addition this offseason because he has such a knowledge of really how to run the ball um, effectively. So the combination of both he and Dirk Cutter and then Chris Morgan, the uh, offensive line coach, that that's what I want to see from the starters uh, outside of those guys, kind of the reserve players. I mean, Jordan Miller's a guy who didn't have a great game, dropped an interception, uh, they they picked on him a little bit, but he's stood he's out so, good so in camp, much well. in camp that I don't yeah. think that's a trend that's going to carry on. So I'm I'm looking for a bit of a bounce back game from him, um, and then a guy who we haven't talked about at all. But I saw uh, Pro Football Focus, you know, take take Ricky whatever Ortiz? they do with Ricky Ortiz. No. Um, uh, whether whether or not you and we probably won't, but um, whether or not you you know subscribe to the uh, Pro Football Focus grades and put a lot of stock into them, they did have uh, rookie linebacker Delshawn Phillips as the top graded player, and he he did have a good game. Um, against I've been the watching him. Yes, against the, the team that they game? played on Thursday. Uh, really? Okay, we're talking about his grades in that game. Dude, what has this whole podcast been about except to talk about the preseason game? We I only know, have one thing to talk about. Uh, he had a good game. Okay. I am introducing. What, his, what was his stat line? He had. Because if we're going to talk about him, we need to talk about Jermaine Grace then. Because he was another He had a guy. tackle for a loss of fumble recovery and three tackles. That's not bad for a backup. And then um, let's see total tackles. Kaminsky led everybody. And Justin Zimmer had five tackles. Yeah. Foyer, Foyer, Lewican look fantastic when he was on the field, by the way. But there's my guy, Jermaine Grace. Four tackles, half sack. Come on. Yeah, but Matt, against the Broncos? Really? We're going to do this? We're going to talk about stats against the Broncos? You got me really excited a second ago because you brought up Mike Malarkey. (laughs) I think. Who do you love more, Matt Schaub or Mike Malarkey? Definitely Malarkey. Um, (laughs) But I will say this. He is definitely going to have an influence on things and this offense. As everyone knows, he was the Falcons offensive coordinator from 2008 to 2011, coming back. But this stat I love. The Falcons rushed for 152.5 yards per game in 2008 with Malarkey. When they had a rookie quarterback and Michael Turner? Oh, you yeah. said a, a rookie quarterback and, and Michael, Michael Turner. Turner. Yes, I know. Michael Turner was phenomenal. But still, that, they ran the yeah. football. Mm-hmm. And everyone is waiting to see what the offense is going to look like with Cutter. We all know what Tampa Bay's offense looked like last year. It's the passing game. Yeah. It was 
dynamic. I think they were number one in the league in yards per passing yards per game last they year. They were very good, yes. And so it's going to be interesting to see Cutter's influence, the retooled offensive line, Devontae Freeman back. Um, yeah, it's, that, it's going I mean, to be pretty exciting. That's and why I want to see yeah. that on, on Thursday. Yeah, me too. Um, if that happens on the opening drive, we, you and I will probably be sitting here high-fiving each other going, okay, that's something to be excited about. For sure. Um, and we talked about a couple guys. Um, you know, Who knows if we'll talk about Jermaine Grace and these other guys come September 8th, week one, in Minneapolis against the Vikings. But Probably not. But. Probably not. <laughs> but they are, you, you know, you, the things you want to look at right now is depth and um, – I get quite a bit of questions about like Duke Riley and, and you know where he is and what kind of year and what kind of camp he's having and um, you know it's going to be interesting to see how these next four preseason games shake out when it comes to certain positions and just to the depth you bring up Jordan Miller yeah depth, depth. Kendall Sheffield I'm excited to see those rookies uh, a little bit more um, yeah yeah um, so Thursday night. Get if you haven't to been to La- AtlantaFalcons.com yet, Will, you published the How to Watch. Uh, the game is going to, what, it kicks off, what, 7.30? Last week it was 8 o'clock. Yep. Um, go check out. 7.30, Thursday check night. check it out. Hard Rock Stadium. Hopefully we have a lot more to talk about when it comes to the starters. Hopefully yes. we have a lot more to talk about when it comes to Isaiah Oliver. Uh, hopefully we have a lot more to talk about when it comes to that running game. Um, but those are the things that if I'm a Falcons fan, I'm going to be locked in on and hopefully Matt Schaub completes more than four passes when he's in. Um, they have three mats at the quarterback position now. We haven't even mentioned Matt Sims. Yeah. Let's, let's hope we don't have to. Well, we'll probably talk a lot about him on Thursday because he will play (laughs) the entire second half, but we will have a live blog during the game uh, on AtlantaFalcons.com uh, Thursday night. And I'm going to just say right now that Matt Schaub is going to throw for more than 10 yards. I'm going to go out wow. on the Wow, that's a bold prediction. And not have a pick this week. <laughs> Let's All hope right. it happens. All right, man, this was fun. Uh, see you again next week. Same time, same place. Let's do it. All right, see you.